Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from the Breakpoint Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Marcus and I discussing our love and passion for the game of tennis. Your engagement and support goes a long way to helping this podcast continue to grow. Please be sure to give us a follow, rate our podcast on our social channels, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you get your podcasts. And on social media, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod 7, LinkedIn, and of course, our website, podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you're the first to know when there's a new episode drop and more people like you can find our podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast starring myself, Marcus Smith, and my co-host, Frankie Nicolazzi. Frankie, what's going on? We're entering clay season. It's the best part of the year. Clay season is my favorite season of the uh, tour. I think you get the most thrilling matches in this part of the year, even though it's very far away from us and we don't really get to... uh, potentially go to any of these and it's a little bit tough on the time zones but i think we got some uh some good matches coming up we got like three masters 1000s coming up then we got rolling garros it's, it's just a great time monte carlo is really one of my favorite tournaments now that i think about it it really just the ambiance of it the matches it's always good even though it's been the same guy that's won it like 12 times anyway <laughs> fortunately he's not playing in this one so i don't have to worry about that that is true. Uh, but yes, so that actually brings us to the first talking point probably of the Monte Carlo Masters is that Rafael Nadal and Carlos Alcaraz are out, which means a little bit more of an open draw. And the return of Novak Djokovic who comes back and plays Monte Carlo here um, kind of got screwed with the draw. Let's start with the top quarter, Novak's quarter. Novak does not have an easy run in here. He's going to have to have um, Nakashima or McDonald. That's not really a super easy first round, to be honest. He could then face Musetti or Kasmanovic. Uh, then after that, he's probably going to end up playing either Yannick Sinner or Hubi Herkash. Most likely Sinner. Herkash is not super effective on clay, but that is pretty much as tough as it could get for Novak from a draw standpoint. I still think that he's going to be able to get through just because he's just, he's the best player in the world, but no, uh, Novak um, Marcus, what are your thoughts on the top uh, quarter here? First off, I'm honored to be called Novak by you. I know what your I know what your mind, where you were going at that, but Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Monte Carlo opinions. Yeah, this is in my in my opinion, this is Djokovic's tournament to lose. I think there are a couple of contenders, really only maybe Yannick and I gotta get I gotta give Casper some love because he is a great clay court player, although he has been playing like trash lately, but he is a great clay court player. Uh someone else who we should keep an eye out is Andre Rublev. He does pretty well at these uh, Masters 1000s events in general, um, but I think this is pretty pretty safe to say that this is kind of Djokovic's tournament to lose. I mean, Sinner is going to be the toughest match by far. Medvedev is completely irrelevant on clay. He will tell you himself. Zverev, 
I don't really see making a run just yet. His conditioning, I just don't think is there. And Holger Rune, I don't know. I don't see it happening on clay. I think this is Djokovic's little revenge tour as well to make sure that people know that he is the alpha of men's tennis. Uh, and he was not able to show that over the last month in the United States. So he just kind of wants to, you know, show off his alphaness. Well, uh, some of that I agree with. Um, for one, I agree that Zverev, as much as, as highly as I think of him on clay, I do not think that this will be the tournament. I think we could see him make a run in Madrid at a little bit faster conditions where he could really just pound his first serve. That I could see him doing well in. I don't think this is really going to be the one for him. Uh, Andre Rublev, I agree. Um, breaking news, we're recording this a day into the tournament. He already won his first round match, looked great. So I think he could do really well. Dominic Team actually won his first round match against Richard Gasquet. Very nice win for him. Good to mm-hmm. see him playing well. Yeah, he I wanted did. to he talk about really, him. really, really yeah. well. We'll talk about him after. Um, there is a glaring omission that you just just made. The okay. defending champion, Stefano Tsitsipas, has to be in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason why I didn't mention and he's got Frank- an easy draw. There's, I mean, sure you've got Tiafo, but like, come on. Reason why I didn't mention him is because of his shoulder. Okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll accept that if you're questioning his health. But I think if he's healthy, which he says that he is, quote unquote, um, I think that Steph has to be amongst the favorites to win this one. Right. I think you got to put him right there. I would put him above Yannick purely because of the draw, but. I think certainly has to be in the top four. I, I, I just don't like. Part of me wants to believe in Casper Ruud, but part of me doesn't. Like, yes, he just won a Storl. Great, great job. Nice win, Casper. Another two fifty notch on the belt. On clay. Whoop de doo. <laughs> Miramar Kazmanovic in the final. Great. <sighs> Almost as good as Francis Tiafo winning Houston's two fifty, beating. IGK, like, <laughs> Steve Johnson I, making like the quarters or some shit. Uh, just so ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that Steph could do well. I actually, in spite of making fun of him just now, I actually think that Francis Tiafo probably does make like a decent run here. Uh, who would actually, you know what? That's a great question. Who would you pick if Fritz and Tiafo meet? In the what is this the round of sixteen? Who would you take? I'm taking a look at that right now. Um, where are you seeing Tiafo's name? Right above Borna Korich. Uh, dude, you're looking at the wrong draw. They've updated it since Rusevori is uh, in there now. That's tough. All right, well, still, same great question still. Who would you take, Francis Tiafo or Taylor Fritz? It's actually a great clay court question. That is a great clay court question. I will answer it first. One, I would take Fritz, and two, now you know what goes on behind the scenes here at Breakpoint Podcast. Marcus is going to have to send me the draw, but yikes. Um, (sighs) By the way, Frank. What are your thoughts and a recurring theme that we obviously have on here and is common to the tennis world is that 
American players tend to be irrelevant for this time of the year. However, I believe Taylor Fritz is good enough of a tennis player to make some sort of damage slash get some points. What are your thoughts on Fritz's clay court game? I think that Fritz is definitely an all-court player. I think that he, and I think that that stereotype of American tennis players is going away as well, in my opinion. I, I think that he he has led the charge, Fritz. Certainly, he's got the most all-court game, I think, naturally, right? But, I, like, let's talk about the top three Americans. Let's just do that. I mean, it's easy, right? Fritz is great on all surfaces, really good on clay. Tiafo has continuously won on clay, like does a decent job. I don't know how, to be honest with you. I mean, his forehand has a lot of topspin, but his backhand is just so flat, but it works. He moves well, so fair enough. And third is Tommy Paul, who's a one Roland Garros as a junior and is a fantastic clay court player. So no, I, I think that that stereotype is going away, which is a good thing, by the way. And... Yeah, I mean, Tommy Paul was like actually a sneaky pick by a bunch of the fellow ATP pros who said that he would have the sort of dark horse clay court season, by the way. I could see that happening. He, I mean, his speed and his footwork is off the charts. Athleticism is crazy good. And he also hits a pretty good spinny forehand and can also drop shot pretty well. Um in comparison to his peers, he's definitely got a lot more variety in his game. So I could see him being a better fit on clay. The only thing that really kind of concerns me with generally American players on clay is just they're not used to that movement. And that movement is something that you specifically grow up with in South America and Europe that just kind of ingrained in you as a kid. And I know we have Hartru here, but it's not, it's just not the same thing um, as to a European red clay court so i think that what so i think what frank is kind of getting at is that it used to be that americans used to be completely irrelevant talking in the roddick days where i mean it would be a blessing if roddick won a match at roland garros so like the whole country would celebrate now it's kind of more so becoming okay they're winning enough matches to kind of maintain their ranking so that they don't completely fall off the map for grass and then summer hard courts um I don't think any of these guys are a threat. Let me make that very clear at any of these clay court tournaments besides Houston. Uh, LOL. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, Frank is right. They definitely have improved to the point where, I mean, honestly, I would probably put them on the same level as like Medvedev or even better than Medvedev on clay at this point. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great comparison. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Marcus. So, by the way, viewers, just so you know, my draw was relatively up to date. It was just missing two of the people that had dropped out and had gone on to be. Uh, there were some lucky losers that I missed. Saving that's face. okay. No, it's true. It was the right draw. It was just like well, Tiafo pulled out. I mean, Whatever. This is the right draw. Um, what are you looking at, Monte Carlo from like 2020? Uh, all right. You know what? This guy. Uh, anyway, getting back to the important stuff. The person that we wanted to talk about just before is Dominic Team. Just before we talk about Dominic Team right now, Matteo Berrettini also won his first match, which was a huge win for him because he's another person that has just seemingly fallen off the face of the earth this year for some reason. But he was able to 
grind out a win against uh, Maximi Cressy, which is a decent win. I mean, Cressy, Cressy's game doesn't really translate well to Clay being a servant volleyer, but still, Mateo's first tour win in a few weeks here. So that's, you know, good to see him bouncing back a little bit. But I want to talk about Dominic Team. Great win in the first round, 6 1 6 4 over Richard Gasquet. Now goes on to play Holger Rune. A resurgent. A resurgent Richard Gasquet, by the way. Yeah, no, he's playing really well. Amazing. He's definitely going to be on the list for comeback player of the year, for sure. Well done to Richard. But uh, I want to talk about him versus Holger Rune. Who are you going to take in that? Because I actually think that's a really interesting matchup there. My hope is that this is where kind of Dominic can pick up his confidence and sort of break out again. I like the way that he played in Estoril and that he's starting to get more matches under his belt and he's starting to maintain that level because that takes a long time to get. And we've seen him struggle, but I'm really hoping that this is kind of where he can come together and do it. Him against Holger is going to be super interesting because I don't think Holger is going to necessarily overpower him and kind of cause issues on Dominic's wrist, but uh, he is going to be able to kind of play a little bit of cat and mouse, I think, with Holger, and I think that's going to set up nicely because, again, Holger is not going to overpower him. They can kind of maintain the pace well, and it's going to be a real tactical battle, in my opinion, and potentially also physical because I can imagine them also having some pretty long rallies and Holger's fitness is a little questionable. The guy does cramp quite a bit more than other players that we've seen on tour. Um, how you feeling about that, Frank? Uh, I think that I largely agree with you. I think that that's like a pretty apt description. I think that Dominic team is really at a high points in a high point in his confidence over the past few years he has his first back-to-back. He had his first back-to-back tour wins at Estoril. It was like his first one since like 2020 or something like that, which is bonkers that it's taken this long. And that just sort of goes to show you how long of a road back it's going to be for a guy like Zverev. Like, obviously, it's not the same injury. Like, Zverev, uh, Dominic's was arguably much worse from a tennis perspective, right? Having to change his stroke and everything like that. But still, it, it takes a while for these guys to ramp back up. And yeah, I, I like watching Dominic in Estoril like really made me look like see like he he looked almost back to normal again. Right. I saw the same sort of power plays and and big one handed backhands and controlling and dominating the point. I saw his big kick serve setting him up looked really, really good. So I think this is going to be a massive test for him. If he's able to beat Holger Rune, that would really be a big statement of like, hey, just so you guys know, I'm back. You know, but as to whether he'll be able to do it, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, even if he could push Holger Rune to three sets, I think that's a win. Just just to be real. So I'll, I'll pick Holger Rune just because... He's. I think he might be the better player right now. Might question mark. Yeah. But I think it's. I think it's going to be laser tie. I think that's like one of the better matches of the whole tournament. And judging, at least from my opinion here, Frank, you can tell me if I'm crazy or not. But I'm kind of liking that if if team can pop through there, and this is why I'm talking about potential breakthrough. He would have Berrettini or Sarundolo, um, and then. 
you know, a Sverev, Medvedev, or Batista Goot, I think he can, you know, if he can pop through and get some confidence, he can make a run to the semis here and play either Nole or Yannick, in my opinion. 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh, and he is going to give a nice big thank you to Francisco Cerundolo from Argentina for taking out Cam Nori, who bounced out in the first round. Yikes. Uh, but yeah, I think this is actually a really good little section here because I think if Berrettini is able to win that match against Sarundolo and he potentially faces a team or a rune, like I also wouldn't be surprised if he were to make that run that you're talking about, right? The same idea. So I, I th- this tournament is just is shaking out to be very, very interesting. Uh, but you know, it, it's um. It's it's got yeah I mean this draw is just it's just a really interesting draw. There's a lot of very interesting matchups. We've got Ben Shelton versus Grigor Dimitrov. That's a fascinating matchup I think as well in the first round. Uh, you know we've got uh, the potential. We've got the resurgent uh, Luca Nardi, uh, who's done very well. The young Italian. He's played really really well lately. He's got a qualif a wild card in the first round. So maybe we could see something out of him. Musetti versus Kesmanovic in the first round is another great matchup. So eh, the tournament's littered with these really interesting uh, matchups so far. So I love it. Anyway, uh, I want to also, we're going to wrap this episode up soon too, be just because there's not really not, a ton to preview here. Not too much here. to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's the usual suspects, to be honest. But the person that I actually want to finish on is Daniil Medvedev. What are you expecting from him? Because Daniil on clay is really just get the dartboard out and start throwing. I think that he is just looking to win enough. Like, I think he just, he's like, I think he's honestly just super content with winning a round or two at each of these tournaments just to keep him kind of afloat until he can get back onto grass slash hard courts obviously preferably hard courts but i think he's just kind of like all right i'm gonna grip my teeth i'm just gonna hopefully make through if i can get a good draw and you know make maybe make quarters or semis i'm good but i'm not expecting anything more from this man on clay he says it himself he just hates clay his game doesn't suit it at all um he's still a great player so he'll take out a decent amount of dudes, but if someone who's kind of like a ranked between, I don't know, let's say top 30 ish and is a better clay player, I think they're taking him out. Yeah. I mean, I think if Sonigo gets through that matchup with Umber, I, I would pick Sonigo. Both, I think both of them beat him. Yeah. And I was going to say, and I arguably <laughs> think that Umber probably beats him too because yep. Umber is also a top 30 guy. <laughs> and so. good on clay too. Yeah. Yeah. And he would have the hometown bounce a little bit playing in Monte Carlo, you know, basically is going to be a home tournament for all the French and Italian players. But there is anyway. one Monaco dude in the draw. Monagasque? Mata, yeah. Whatever you call it. Valentin Vachirol. Yeah. He's playing Lucanardi. Yeah. That's who I was kick, talking about. Yeah. Very interesting. Kick out a wild card. Let's see. Yeah. Shout out to him. He's the Charles Leclerc of tennis, except he's like not actually, you know, top tier player. Can I give this kid a shout? Played college tennis at Texas A&M. Go Aggies. Let's go. Career high of 271. This kid can ball. I love it. Yeah, respect. No, I love it. That's great. Always happy to see the college guys get through. Anyway, Marcus, let's wrap this puppy up. 
let our listeners go back to listening to the Joe Rogan podcast or whatever else they're listening to these days. Let's start with the top quarter. Who's going to get through? Who are you picking? Semifinalist number one. I got to go with Joker. Uh, I agree. I'm going to go with Novak as well. Semifinal, semifinalist number two. Who are you going for? Will Daniil magically become good on clay? Will Holger Rune show through? Will Dominic Team make a miracle run? Will Matteo Berrettini make a miracle run? You ready? Roberto Roberto Batista Agut. I love the pick, even though he barely won his first round matchup. I'm actually going to go with Zverev. I think this draw sets up quite nicely for him. I think he'll make a run to the semifinals and promptly get whacked by Novak. TBH. <laughs> going to be real. Yeah, just, just being real. Yep, I love it. Now that's what we're here for. Quarter yeah. number three, Frank. We've Ooh, got Andre Rublev. Yeah, we've got Andre Rublev. Uh, we've got a t- ooh, tough f- first rounder. F- Davodivich, Davo Davidovich Fakina against Karan Kachana first round in there. We've got Demenauer, uh, and then we've got Kasparu to round it out. Give me your pick for that one. Number one, I'm taking ADF in that matchup um, over Kachanov. Kachanov, who's had a fantastic season, but shout out to him. But I'll take ADF on clay any day. Mm-hmm. So, give me Rublev. Yeah. Give me Rublev, man. You know? Let's go. Let's have fun. Give me Rublev. Casper, probably going to lose to Alex Dimonor or something. I don't know. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, you know, honestly, I really hope he doesn't just for the sake of Casper's reputation on this podcast. But yeah, I don't know what to expect of him. I'm on board with Rublev, by the way. I think he's having a low-key, very, very good season. I just really wish that he can up at another level and take out one of the bigger guys, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, let's get to that final quarter while we got you here. We got Fritz. We've got Fritz Vavrinka second round. We've also got... Going to save you time. Sitsipas. Mm-hmm. Sitsipas, yeah. Even with the injury? Yep, give me Sitsipas. There's no one here that I think could take him out. Like, Nicholas Jerry already beat Borna Koric, so that's done. Sheesh. He basically has no one to play until the quarterfinal, where he would either play, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be Fritz that comes through there, right? So it's got it's going to be Fritz versus Sitsipas. I could see Vavrinka beating Fritz. I could see it happening. I'm not saying it will. I could see it, though. If you told me that, I'd be like, on clay? Okay, I get it. Hardcourt, no, at this point, no. But on a clay, I could see it. I do I think mean, maybe, I, 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 I want to see the Taylor Fritz Sitsi Pass head to head because I'm actually curious if they've played. I mean, they have to have played one another. Yeah. Three and oh for Sitsi Pass. They've won every time they've played. Uh, and it's always been on a hard court, granted, but Ooh, still. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Sitsi Pass has taken that quarter. You're right. You're so right. give me Sitsi Pass. Um, yeah. So that sets us up with Fritz or sorry, Sitsi Pass versus Rublev in the semifinals and you know what marcus give me rublev yes give me rublev yes give me rublev in the finals versus novak novak wins the whole tournament i'm on board i'm on board yeah i think i the shoulder does have to come into play at some point and i don't necessarily even think it's going to be the shoulder itself it's going to be the uh the physical like the 
the physical run up of not playing of not having match played for a little bit. And I think that that's where you sort of catch up with it at the end of the tournament. So I think that's going to be where uh, Pass runs out of steam a little bit, ultimately falls to Rublev, who's a guy that we've mentioned doing really well, having a low key, really great year. Uh, and he's also I, I just love the guy, to be honest with you. I think he's just a really good dude. Uh, if you guys are interested, by the way, you should go onto YouTube and go to Gladiator Tennis on YouTube. He was a hitting partner for Rublev and Medvedev at the Dubai Duty Free Open. And he gave some really cool behind the scenes stuff there. And, and you could sort of just see how cool these guys, Medvedev and Rublev are. And, and I think that that's something that all of our listeners would really enjoy. So, so head on over to Gladiator Tennis on YouTube and then check that out. It's really cool stuff. So I think we're both picking Novak to win this thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here at the Breakpoint Podcast. That's really all we got. Midway through, had to adjust the draw. You guys <laughs> got to see a little bit of everything on this one. Boy, am I tired, is all I've got to say. We keep it real here, folks. Uh, we will catch you at the end of the week or beginning of next week. We'll have a little wrap-up of Monte Carlo and uh, kind of preview Madrid. Right, Frankie? We will. We will. We will preview Madrid, which, by the way, plays very different to Monte Carlo. Very, very different. Madrid is like a whole distinct sort of clay court. We'll talk about that next week. I think that's another cool thing for the listeners to find out. There's different clay courts, just like there's different hard courts. It's all all very different. And some altitude coming into play as well. And some altitude coming into play, which is also a whole other physical aspect that you got to think about. Mm -hmm. But... That is going to do it for us here on this episode of your favorite tennis podcast, the Breakpoint Podcast. Thanks for listening. We greatly appreciate it. As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, please follow us on all of our socials. Hit that subscribe button and give us a rating. It greatly helps us, and we super appreciate it. DM us on Instagram if you want to be on the pod, or if you have a topic idea, more than welcome to come and debate us. Bring it on. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya.